0: G'day there, Jess here. Welcome to episode 279 of the Korean Thrive podcast. And I have a lovely interview for you today with Claire Smithson of Ornately Lanterns. Now, I have known Claire for many, many years online. She's in the UK. I have not managed to meet her yet, although it would be a lovely thing to do next time I'm in the UK. But she has been a long-time listener to the podcast and a long-time student and member in my community, The Thrivers Circle. And I actually reached out to her and I said, hey, Claire, I'd love to have you on the podcast to tell your story. Because she's been running a really successful business. She's been active in supporting other makers. So she helps to run, I think she actually founded... um, an etsy team in the uk that she's still actively involved in she works in other aspects of the handmade community as well which you'll hear about in this episode and she also has a side job or a main job or part-time job (laughs) alongside her business that she does and still does to this day because she really enjoys it and it's completely not at all in the handmade uh, world, So you'll hear about that as well. So she's just got a really interesting story and she's a lovely person. So I wanted to bring her on so she could share her wisdom with you. And she has a lot of it. So we talked today about a lot of things, her journey, you know, how she and why she started her business basically out of tragedy, out of a difficult situation. Her business arose and has grown since then, um, you know, how she deals with negative feedback or unhappy customers how she has diversified and grown her business over the years, over the decades, I should say, since she started selling her lanterns, and much, much more. So I really loved speaking with Claire. I hope you enjoy this one today. Uh, Before I go on, I just want to give a little bit of a heads up because... Setup Shop is happening again soon. It's happening mid-February. So if you're interested in joining me for that, you can find out more about it over at createandthrive.com forward slash Setup Shop. Uh, it's not open to sign-ups yet, but it will be soon. So I just want to give you a, a bit of notice so that if you've been thinking about taking the course, you know it's coming. Uh, if you're on my mailing list, of course, you'll get an email as soon as the course opens uh, for Uh, new students and if you're not on there what are you doing seriously i've got a whole bunch of freebies uh, such as the quick start etsy guide and the etsy guide to seo and a whole bunch of other downloadable freebies if you sign up for free obviously to my mailing list so you can do that over at createandthrive.com forward slash start here that's all one word start here And you'll get access to all those freebies and, of course, emails from moi on a regular basis, letting you know what's happening, updating you, reminding you about the videos I've been posting and podcasts, uh, courses I'm running. I just finished the Last Chance sale. If you're on my list, you have seen that. I've just retired a couple of my products that I've had for a long time because I wanted to streamline my offerings a little bit. And uh, I'll be announcing the winner of uh, the micro critique. For everybody who bought something during that sale, I'll be ans- um, I'll be sending out the winner of that in my mailing list later this week and contacting that person as well. So, congrats to whoever it is. I don't know yet because I haven't checked. <laughs> I haven't I haven't I haven't worked it out. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this one and let's get to it. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Vanden and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. So I'm here today with the lovely Claire Smythson of Ornately Lanterns. Welcome to the show, Claire.
1: Hello, it's lovely to be here, Jess.
0: It's awesome to talk to you because I've known you for many, many years. And I believe you. we were talking just before the show and you mentioned that uh, you found me via the podcast originally.
1: Yes, I did. Uh, goodness, this must be back in 2014, 2015, something like that. And uh, the podcast really helped me when I was first starting off online. Uh, And then I joined the Thriver Circle, so you give me so much help over the years. Um, (laughs) Thanks very much for all your input.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, it's been wonderful to watch your business grow over the years and that's hilarious. Like that's when I started the podcast, I think. I think I'm pretty sure it was 2015 I started the
1: podcast. It was quite so, early on, yeah. Yeah,
0: and I also um, launched the Driver Circle in 2015, so oh, there you right. go. That's hilarious. Oh, we've we've, been, we've known each other for a long time then. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, been, been quite a while. So, I actually invited Claire to come on the podcast because she's done an amazing job over the years with her business and she does something quite unique. So, could you let everybody know what your business is is and how you started it and how it's been going
1: okay well the business is ornately lanterns and it's glass painting on as you imagine lanterns candle lanterns which go out in the garden or inside the house and i actually started it uh 20 years ago but it wasn't in its current format then Mm -hmm. Um, I painted as a child and um, studied art, you know, at school and so on through to A levels. But when you leave school, there is naturally no time whatsoever for doing any creative stuff, and you just get on with life. Mm-hmm. But then, in 1999, I had a very serious illness, and um, when I came out of hospital, I couldn't go back to work for several months. Uh, but the joy of this was, I actually had time at long last, and. I'd had to go and live with my parents. I couldn't go back home at that point as I needed kind of looking after. Mm. But recovering well, but couldn't do much. I couldn't walk, I couldn't read. It gave me headaches. Watching television gave me headaches, etc. et cetera. And my mum said, oh, when you were a little girl, you were very good at painting. Why not have a go at that? And she came back from town that day with a book she'd found in the sale, which happened to be on glass painting. And um, I read through it and I love the rich colours of glass paint. I love rich colour. I'm a colourful dresser. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I started off then just sort of fiddling around, but um, really enjoyed it and started getting bolder and bolder with designs. And um, I found the very best thing to paint was i don't know if you remember when ikea bless them used to do wooden candle lanterns they were sort of quite tall and rectangular mm-hmm. with a nice pane of glass you could slide out and they were ever so cheap so uh they were nice and easy to get hold of cheap to experiment on and get wrong and so i did more and more of them and uh, my sisters wanted them and friends did <laughs> um and by Christmas, um, I signed up for just a few school uh, craft fairs and church ones, that kind of thing. And um, By now, I'd gone back to work. Now, this would be uh, 2000, 2000, that's right. Um, I'd gone back to work part time at first and then full time, but kind of immediately realised that my illness, I'd had a brain tumour, it was my second one, and it was one they thought had recurred, so there was the possibility that it might come back again, Mm. and it was quite easy to decide that I didn't want to spend the next few years just commuting up to town and doing a boring job at the desk, well it wasn't that boring, but uh, (laughs) I wanted to be a bit more creative, so um, by the end of 2000, I'd left work and um, I started up as um, an IT trainer because that was pretty much what I'd been doing um, at work and um, did corporate IT work and my previous employers were brilliant to me, very supportive. So that was what I planned to do with a painting at, at the end of the year, having fun. But the painting grew and grew and grew. Um, So, that very quickly became the bigger earner. Uh, I was just doing the little shows, um, and of course there was no real internet back then. (laughs) But in 2004, I think, my sister, without telling me, booked me into a really big show, um, the National Cat Championships, which is like Crufts, but for cats, Um, and that was (laughs) at, at Earls Court in London. So a really big thing, and I would never have signed up for this, but she presented it to me that, right, you're going, it's all booked up. She hadn't paid for it, I had to pay for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a bit rich, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad she did because I would never, I'd never have done it on my own. I would still, you know, just be kind of working and pottering around painting if she hadn't. Mm. But the show went really well and my mum came up to help me and my mum has always viewed it as pottering around with paint. <laughs> but she, as well as myself, was taken by surprise. So many people wanted to buy it. So uh, then I decided, right, I'm going to try bigger, better craft shows and um, the ones you kind of travel around. I used to travel around the UK, but I'd only do about six a year um because i i was still doing it training privately mm. um i work with elderly people who've been kind of presented with an ipad by their daughter saying right keep in touch <laughs> mom, and they panic so uh, uh it's lovely i really enjoy the it training it doesn't bring much money in but i wouldn't give it up mm. lovely lovely ladies uh, i feel i have a large number of grannies which is very (laughs) nice um and i worked part-time i started doing all sorts of part-time jobs i packed hampers i was a cleaner i know how to clean out swimming pools because i worked for a swimming pool company (laughs) and a patent attorney um and i would do the shows at christmas and by the time it got to about 2014 i decided right um I was, the painting by now was doing very well at the shows, and I'd heard of this thing called Etsy <laughs> because um, the internet was getting bigger. So I thought, right, I will have a go at this. So I left the swimming pool company I was working for at the time. And uh, in February 2015, I posted my first listing in my Etsy shop. and. Um, Etsy I have to say has been wonderful for me Mm. Um, I still get most of my money from it Um, I stopped doing the shows because um, coming back very late at night from a show many miles away in Lincoln um, I had a very nasty accident on the M25 quite close to home Um, and that just put me off doing any more of the long drives back and mm. forth. Glass is a nightmare to pack mm. for shows anyway and it takes forever and you're always back late. Uh, Etsy was doing so well by then that I didn't need to and I'd opened a Shopify website which try though I can, it's still very, very much second to Etsy. Mm-hmm. I sell on Amazon Handmade which is a bit of a waste of time really but uh, <laughs> I have a number of I, I sell pre-done things and I've done some window clings so that my paintings can be printed onto uh, clings and so they are there ready to send out immediately which is what you need with Amazon Handmade mm. um, and I, I sell all these bits on Facebook and Instagram um, and I miss shows a lot, actually. I love the ambience you get with the customer. Mm. And um, it's so flattering having people ooing and raring over your work, which is lovely. <laughs> uh, and I miss all the friends I made at the shows. Mm. But uh, that's been rectified because I now sell for other people so I still do all the shows in fact I do far more than I used to and I do the big shows like um Chelsea Flower Show which you'll have heard of I'm sure Mm, and Hampton Court Flower Show but instead I sell hats and I sell pointless paintings and uh soon I hope I'm going to be selling sculptures for someone else and possibly clothes as well I've been asked so uh it's so much easier to sell other people's things than trying to sell <laughs> your own. <laughs> and, um, I, I can see everyone and get the customer ambience I like. Wow. So I feel I'm in a good place at the moment. Um, mm. you've said to yourself haven't you, that you're more introverted. So you mm-hmm. prefer selling online. It's easier. And it's definitely the case for myself, but, um, I'm extroverted to the sense that I enjoy being with other people at shows and seeing them and so on, though it tires me out completely. (laughs) Um, But it's much easier doing it for other people. So Mm. that's my story, really.
0: Well, I'm so curious. How did you get into selling for other people? How did that come about?
1: Um, It was my friend Sophia of Peak and Brim Hats i'd met her at my first big craft show not the earl's court one but the first one after that and uh, we got on really well and uh, she's very professional and she's at shows all the time although now i persuaded her to come online and <laughs> i do her Etsy shop but um she used to be doing sh- several shows every Saturday right the way through the year and she contacted me years back would I help her at the Hampton Court Flower Show really enjoyed it and then I started to do some of her shows on my own so that's what started it off and that was um from several years ago I can't quite remember when about 2016 I think mm. and um no it must be no earlier than that and uh then other people gradually start to say, oh, well, if you're doing it for Sophia, can you do it for <laughs> us? Um, so, yeah, and it, it does work very well, very nicely.
0: Yeah, I imagine that's, it's funny like that it's kind of another um, income stream idea I'd never thought of, like being a salesperson for other, other <laughs> crafters, you know, but it, I can see how it would be a really good fit for some people because you don't have to worry, you know, like you said, it can be much easier selling somebody else's work than your own because you don't have all those emotions tied up in it you
1: know that's just the phrase yes it's very emotional selling your work and very emotional when you're standing there and not selling your own work Mm. um and people are so rude at craft fairs i'm sure if we'll come across i've had many person walk past and sort (laughs) of turning their nose up uh, visibly and audibly Mm. and making comments about things um, and you know people going past with their 10 year old granddaughter saying oh you can do that can't you You can paint me one of those and gasping at the price for something so basic and Mm. this kind of thing and it's very damaging if mm. you are not sure of yourself. Um, and then of course you get all the lovely people who um, are full of praise and who buy things. Mm. That's lovely, but naturally, uh, well, I, th- probably happens to all of us definitely to me i never remember them i only remember (laughs) the bad comments
0: (laughs) yeah we can have 99 nice comments and one bad one and the bad one always just sticks in our in our minds doesn't it
1: yes (laughs) and i think even people like judy dench um Mm. says that it's always the bad reviews she remembers so Mm. i guess we all do it
0: (laughs) we do i i like to use the analogy that like our brains are like a problem solving machine and so When things are fine, we don't need to worry about them or focus on them because Mm -hmm. your brain's like, oh, that's good. Tick, done, move on. Uh, Whereas when there's a problem, you know, our brain sees it as a problem to fix. Someone's unhappy. Something's not right. Then we tend to ruminate on it. Um, And that's the way I I tend to look at it.
1: Good idea, actually. I think you're right. and I was going to mention tick boxes later mm. if we talked about our day, you know, the daily grinds and so on, because I'm a great one for lists with tick boxes. And yes, I can see that in my mind. And as you tick things off, I do forget them immediately. Yeah. Whereas the things <laughs> that remain unticked, uh, yes, they they worry me and get on my nerves for years. I never mm-hmm. actually forget them. So that's a very good analogy.
0: Yeah. And so it, I think once you realise that, it can be, a little bit easier because maybe you can consciously remind your brain that, no, this is this is not a problem I have to solve <laughs> or, that I, or that I can solve, perhaps, and, the, you know, try to drown it out by reading all your lovely reviews that you've got and the the nice feedback from customers and, you know, yeah. moving on yeah. from there. But it's I think it's a universal experience that, you know, having that negative experience stick in our yes. minds more.
1: Yes. And I think it does affect um, artistic and creative people Mm. more than others. Um, I know a number of people who uh, have exactly the same problem. Um, And we're all um, artistic, creative people. Maybe Mm. it's something to do... I can't remember which side of the brain is the artistic one, Mm. uh, the right or the left, but whichever part it is, it does seem to be the bit that hangs Mm. on to things unnecessarily
0: yeah and i think it's definitely something to do with us putting ourselves out there you know because when we do create something no matter what it is and you release it to the world then it you know it's open to scrutiny and and just because you love it and so many other people love it not necessarily everybody's going to love it like i've had negative and horrible you know Mm -hmm. uh, things said about my jewelry and about other work that i've done and things and you're like well it's not for them you know and yeah. bit, it's easy to say but hard to <laughs> hard to remember and hard to i just
1: can't really un- you know. understand the reasoning of people being so rude mm. it is that you know you might be standing right in front of them but you know you don't exist they don't see you mm. they're probably not meaning to be rude to you but they just don't seem to notice you're there and there's no thought going into the fact that this person um, but spent a long time creating. I, mm. I would never dream of saying some of these things. I might think it, but I wouldn't say it out <laughs> loud. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just a complete lack of thought. Very strange.
0: Yeah, it is very strange. But um, yeah, I think that's a very common, and I think it's helpful for people to hear that it's very normal to feel that way, and that <laughs> you know. Yes. It, and also, I think we have to be aware that somewhere along the line, someone's probably going to say something negative. And then that, that's not something you necessarily need to take on board. And, you know, sometimes I've, something's happened, you know, a customer's complained about something or whatever. And, and I've realized, oh, I actually, I could have done that better, or maybe I did make a mistake. And so it's finding that, that line um, mm. between somebody has a legitimate concern you know, constructive criticism for you versus someone just being nasty for no apparent reason. Um, and those true. are two different things.
1: Yes. And I very, very rarely, is very rare um, to get a complaint from my online customers uh, or, well, from my customers because they are the people who like it. But, you know, once in a while, and I, of course, remember them because there haven't been very many, and they have been quite funny ones, actually, I hadn't really had two. And one uh, had been quite a regular customer on Etsy. And this was about her fourth purchase, I think, um, mm. for a Suncatcher. For so Chris was yeah. sent it off um, and got a really nasty email back again about how unfit for purpose it was and how slapped that. Rah, 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 and so sort of really unpleasant, wanted a refund straight away. <gasps> and I was really shocked. So. I said, right, I'll refund you, send it back again, and on the same day, I had an order for exactly the same suncatcher from someone in America. So the suncatcher arrived back and I examined it, I could see nothing wrong with it whatsoever, and I didn't have a second one, so I sent that one off to America where I promptly got the most glowing five-star review about <laughs> how delighted they were and her mum had loved it. And so, so all I can think was for the first person, she must have had a bad day at work. Things had gone wrong. She'd arrived back to find this package and she was in, for whatever reason, a state of stress and upset. And I don't know, she had seen something wrong that wasn't there. So, you yeah, know, when things do go wrong i remind myself of that one mm. um, i do have another if we have time. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other one was um it was a lantern that uh, a man had bought on it see for his mum for christmas and i sent it off And he came back with a savagely rude email, really unpleasant, uh, because, and he sent photos, I asked photos, um, somewhere en route, the very, very corner of the lantern had chipped off and it was a chip rather than a break. Mm -hmm. It was tiny. And (laughs) in fact, you couldn't see it at all because that bit was hidden by the metal frame of the lantern. Anyway, he was disgusted and wanted a refund. About, no question of sending it back, but uh, he wasn't—he wasn't prepared to give his parents, you know, some sort of. Uh, um, oh, I can't remember the word he used, but uh, some sort of um, below standards item like for subpar. Christmas. Yeah, subpar, Yeah. So, anyway, I. I was sort of upset at the time and I kind of tried to ignore it, but then it it weighed on my mind. Mm. So I thought I'll give him a refund and just forget about it, tell him to keep it. So I did, and that made me feel better. It was my second Etsy Christmas and so it was non-stop. So <laughs> it's the right thing for me to do at the time. And it was the right thing to do in the end because fate worked out perfectly. And the um this Bloke had been a bit cheap because despite the substandard nature of the lantern, he gave it to his mother for Christmas. Of course,
0: Christmas. he did, of course,
1: he did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and she had been absolutely delighted. And then I suspect he might have told her with pride, probably, of how he'd managed to get this for her at no cost. Oh blah, my blah, blah, goodness. At which point, she told him off severely and <laughs> told him to repay me, <laughs> I, which he did. I got it. For... <laughs> Oh, that's so, fabulous. It, it is a good story, isn't it? I'm so <laughs> pleased with that. Good on I'm you, very Mum. very honest of him, actually, to come back and do it.
0: Because it's <laughs> to show you never finished teaching your children, huh?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the teacher of all things. Oh, my think. goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume so. I had to deliver <sighs> it to a school. I suppose he might have been one of the children there. but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my goodness wow yeah I, th- I think everybody's probably got stories like that. that's a particularly good one though i love it that i a like that it has, has a great resolution
1: <laughs> i like to think his mother has still got it on the mantelpiece in absolutely. front of him whenever he visits
0: <laughs> yeah to remind him absolutely that's what i would do
1: <laughs>
0: oh my gosh well i just want to kind of touch on something you mentioned earlier You mentioned that you went to uh, the cat show. Now, that might not make sense for people because they might not realize what you paint. So can you talk to us about some of the things you paint on your lanterns? Do you want to get more sales on Etsy? Etsy is a huge part of my business and the vast majority of my sales come from Etsy search. That means I have to optimize my Etsy SEO or search engine optimization in order to be found. And if you want to be found, you need to do the same. If you'd like some tricks and tips to help you optimize your search engine optimization on Etsy, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO. And you can download my Etsy SEO cheat sheet, which will teach you all of the tips you need to implement in order to make sure that you're getting your best possible ranking on Etsy search. That's createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO to download that free cheat sheet right now.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, And I think you've got some pictures of Mm -hmm. them as well, haven't you? I do. I concentrate on the colour. So, um, when I do my designs, I put the colours together first to a great extent, and the company name is Ornately Lanterns um, which I got from a friend who happened to have that website, Um, he was an IT person, he happened to have that website as one free to give to me, and that is why I've got an adverb ornately with a noun lanterns Mm -hmm. Um, but my style is very ornate so I like to have very detailed um, pictures that I then paint on the glass. I do a lot of art deco stuff, Um, I do a lot of um, abstract work, I do figure painting, I, I get bored just doing one or the other but the biggest seller has always been naturally cats um i don't do dogs very much because a dachshund is a Daxon, an alsatian is an alsatian but generally a cat is a cat mm-hmm. and um if anyone wants a tip of something to paint that people will buy try painting a cat there are so many <laughs> cat lovers out there i started some of my earliest lanterns um A friend had come back from a holiday abroad and they bought me back one of those ceramic tiles you get, you know, in um, Morocco and so on, all lovely and colourful, and it had two cats sitting on the beach looking out over the sea. And I copied it, I have to say, um, in the early days, and immediately it was the best-selling lantern I had, so I took the two cats, one black, one white, sitting, looking away, so you just have to do their back. And uh, those cats have now traveled the world and they've been to the moon and uh, <laughs> all over the place, really. Uh, <clears throat> I and love I, that. I do various other cats as well, and they've moved on to some captures and so on. And I have actually this year opened a second Etsy shop because I used to pay, um, paint... Um, illustrations for cards. I started doing this years ago when I wasn't actually doing the glass painting, and they are black and white illustrations in pen and ink, very detailed, and I used to get them printed as Christmas cards, Um, and then someone suggested why not try them on Etsy, so I I got a few more printed out and tried them, and they never really sell very well, cards are highly competitive, Mm. but also it was because they were in my own shop, and um, they used to get hidden. They weren't, um, they weren't the same style. Um, so I moved them into their own shop, where they kind of sat on their own a bit miserably, and I get a few orders. But this year. um, A lot of very small things I do on glass, like candle holders and uh, window clings I mentioned, they were in the uh, ornately lantern shop and never got noticed because when you're confronted with a tiny candle holder and a glamorous big lantern, people (laughs) see the lantern. So I've moved the candle holders and window clings into the second shop, which is called Quirky Swan. And I have... Just started painting. They're not online yet, but I have taken the photos. I've started painting more cats, but this time onto plywood wall hangings. So hmm. I've got a circle or a star with a cat on it, um, and they will be coming out soon. As soon as I find time to um, <laughs> Photoshop the pictures and actually get the listings up. Um, so yes, cat- and these are cats from the front. So there. Ah.
0: <laughs> That's great. So. I, it's really interesting you talk about having two shops because this is something that a lot of people kind of come up against is this issue that they're like, well, for whatever reason, they, they want to create something or they do create something that they don't feel like fits in the shop that they currently have.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you
0: know, it's not getting noticed or they don't feel mm-hmm. like it jives with it. Like, was it a difficult decision to start a second shop? Like, did you worry that it would be a lot more work and, and so on and so forth?
1: Yes. Um, but I spent a bit of time adding up pros and cons and worrying about it, and then i I worry a lot, and I then try and be practical and work things out, and then I'll take a decision very quickly. Mm. and once I've taken a decision, I tend not to worry about it anymore. and so. Yes, opens up the new shop, and uh, it's never done very well. But mm. then it is quite new; uh, it kind of sits there. Um, I'm I've never put very much into it. But with a second shop, you really do have to work so hard because you've got to market it as well, mm. and you've got to do all the business of creating things for it and putting them in, um, so that Etsy actually notices there's activity there, and because the lanterns go well i've never had time to do it (laughs) um so it's never done particularly well but it it jogs along i make um a few a few sales every month Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the year i've made a little bit more than one of my lanterns actually sells for but Mm -hmm. it's funny um one sale of four pounds in that shop delights me rather more actually than um, selling a lantern in uh, the other shop uh, just because it's new and it's so exciting it's like having a a new shop again and uh, (laughs) I can recreate some of the excitement that Mm. you you, you get when something has sold someone likes it so I'm I'm not pushing it very much I'm just looking it to be um, more of a hobby actually than a business so it's nice to have both.
0: I was going to say that it's almost like you now have a hobby shop, like because you, yes. your your original shop is is your business and it's your work and you enjoy it, but it's it's different to exactly. the second shop where you can just play and just kind of do whatever you want and not worry That's so much exactly about. You're right. Yeah. The, yes. the and so new
1: on. the plywood wool hangings that will mm. be there shortly. They have been playing, um, so. Uh, And it's very nice, uh, very (laughs) relaxing because, yes, of course, you might have a wonderful hobby that you really enjoy doing and you turn it into a business and suddenly it's not quite so much fun anymore and you don't really have (laughs) too much time to actually do it. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I'd recommend this, actually, although you do need to realise that unless you put just as much time and mm. effort into it it's not going to prosper in the same way unless you're incredibly lucky but even if it doesn't it can be just as much fun
0: yeah i think that's a really good point um i started just at, uh, you know a hobby lately and it's fun to be at the beginning of something again you know because what have you been doing oh it's a <laughs> it's a new uh, youtube channel uh it's an oh, asmr yes, youtube channel you. Yes. Which a lot of people listening will be like, what is ASMR? I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, if you're curious, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's just purely for fun. And it, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like you were saying about, Oh, I make four pounds there and I'm really excited. You know, <laughs> on, on my regular YouTube channel, I'll get, you know, 10, 15 subscribers a day or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. It's growing. Yep. But mm-hmm. then on my new one, I'm like, I've got a, a new subscriber today. <laughs> that's, that's one. <laughs>
1: But it is nice, isn't it? It's like going back to the childhood, you know, the yeah. beginning when you didn't know what was going to happen. So yeah. it lovely.
0: and it is. It's also for those of us, and for those listening who've been doing their business for a long time, it's actually really educational as well to start something from the beginning because all the lessons you've learned, you kind of have to take that huge step back and go, okay, remember yeah. what it's like to be at the beginning of something again. Yes. It's it's a very different yes. place to being at the beginning, to being, you know, 10 years in or 20 years in or, or whatever it might be. And yes. you I, – I find myself at this point of balancing between being really impatient for it to go faster and also going, hang on a second, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not how things work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been, I've been teaching people this for 10 years and I need to remember that it's a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint, you know. Yeah. So, um <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think it's it's humbling as well to, to go back to the beginning and in a complete, especially in a completely new sphere that you have no, you know, no cachet in, no no contacts in, no experience mm. with, and it's just yeah. learning something from the beginning again. So we all we all start out from that place at, yeah. the, at the beginning.
1: Yes. And learning all again, or uh, mm. going through it all again, actually improves uh, your approach to the current, you know, the bigger business as well. Mm. Um, so, yes, good all round. They're not very profitable.
0: No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the amount of time I put into it, it's like, yeah, it's not, <laughs> if it ever makes me any money, maybe one day. But uh, it's, it's not my it's not my motivator at this point in time. You know, but that's OK, mm. that's OK. I've got other things that that are working. And uh, so this is probably something that you come up across these sorts of things, because you also work or volunteer, I guess, as a mentor for your for an Etsy uh, crew that you've been part I of, do. I think, for a long time, um, the Red Hill Etsyans. I used to be part of an Etsy team as well back in the day called Briz Style, which does uh-huh. still exist, but it's not technically an Etsy. Etsy team anymore I don't think I don't know maybe they still are uh, but I moved a bit too far away to be in that anymore so I'm, I'm not a member anymore but tell us a little bit about um, you know how that came about and what your role is in that community.
1: Right well I'll start off by saying you had said to me what what's my advice for new people in the craft Mm. business and one bit of my advice was you need to meet up with and get to know other creative people Uh, they're in the same position as you they'll watch your back you watch their back and when you've got problems they are the people who will really understand what Mm. the problems are friends and family mean well but they don't run businesses they don't do arts and crafts they they cannot understand uh, the infuriation that Etsy has done this, you know. But uh if you've got creative friends in a team nearby or that you're in uh contact with it means a lot and their help will be good. So what happened was um I've been on Etsy for about a year, I think it was 2016. And um I sat down and on those days on Etsy, I'm not sure if you can still do it, I can't remember, but you could look sellers up by their location and Mm. to within a few miles. Um, So I sat down and I looked up all the people who might be selling around my area. I'm in Red Hill, Surrey in the UK, just south of London um and i looked for about 20 mile radius around me and was very surprised to find what a large number of people uh had shops uh all around me and one one of whom actually i'd come across um because they used to do the big shows mm. i didn't know them personally but i knew their company name so uh when i found that out i had a look and so on I was very nervous about doing it, but I made myself send messages out on Etsy to them all uh, saying, oh, hello, how nice to see you. What do you think about meeting up? Um, And um, I got so many people coming back, um, a surprising number, really enthusiastic. And so we all met up. It was August 2016, I think. And we had a sort of miniature barbecue in my back garden <laughs> and quite a large number of people arrived. And we had a lovely afternoon uh, meeting each other. And um, from then on, I, I organise it all, it all and we do walk. We go for walks. We have meetings where we learn things. So one of us might have experience in something or I might learn something about Etsy SEO or uh, my husband is um, a teacher at the local college. So Mm -hmm. it's quite handy because he knows people. And uh, at one point, for example, um, a guy who taught um, media studies uh, came along and talked to us my next door neighbour used to work for the local county magazine and came to talk to us about publishing and advertising and so on. Um, And we used to do that every month, every couple of months. Um, And we we still do it. Um, I Let's see, there are about 15 of us still meeting up regularly. We've got a little Facebook group and uh, we run through things on there. It's not regular regular um Mm. uh, finding time is difficult but whenever anyone's got a problem they put a post up um we've got a walk scheduled for um next not next sunday the one after the 31st of october (laughs) so it will be halloween um and uh last time we met was august lots of moaning about you know the latest etsy algorithm and stupid <laughs> star star seller system oh, and gosh, things yeah. like that <laughs> but it's lovely to have uh, support and uh, i've learned so much from all of them and i think we all give each other a lot of uh, time and effort and so on. Mm. saw uh, one of them yesterday, she had packaging for me, saw someone <laughs> last, or two of them last week actually, went to um, London for a lovely cultural day looking at a William Morris decorated house there. So know yeah, it's lovely. I would recommend it to everyone, although Etsy doesn't have teams in the way it used to, mm. but you can still find local people at a local craft fair or on Facebook or Instagram and so on. And even if you think no one will want to hear from you, as I did, it's worth trying it because it's quite surprising the number of people who do.
0: Yeah, and I think it, it just comes down to usually that person who's willing to organise stuff isn't it, it
1: does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're that person and you're happy to be that person you'll probably find that you'll you'll you know there'll be plenty of people who would like to be a part of something like that because it yes. can be quite isolating and and confusing to be on your own and I especially imagine during COVID when there were lockdowns and things like that and people you know definitely moved online yeah yes um, Yes, during
1: COVID we we actually did a zoom chat every Mm. every week actually or every couple of uh, every Mm. couple of weeks and not everyone took part, not, Zoom is not everyone's cup of tea, mm. but there were three or four of us who every couple of weeks um, would have a chat because, yes, I suppose they, those perhaps were people who did feel more isolated maybe mm. than some of the others. And, um, it was lovely to stay in touch, it really was. Mm. Uh, so, yes, there's always a way of doing it and it is worth doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's nice to have those those colleagues that, you know, you need to put a little bit more effort into finding them <laughs> when you mm. when you work online. But it's definitely worth the effort to do so. So let's talk a little bit about the day to day now. We did, you know, mention you mentioned earlier uh, about uh, to to do lists and checkboxes and things like that. Mm. What uh, what's your sort of daily or weekly? routine look like and what are some of the the tips you could give others as to you know how to sustain a successful creative business over such a long period of time
1: all right well um, i'm self-employed in two ways um, i have my painting or uh, well, three ways i have my painting i have my it training uh, my oldest client is now ninety. Um, everyone is in their seventies and eighties. Well, my youngest is seventy. Most are in their eighties and uh, a ninety-year-old. But I also, during um, uh, during COVID, worrying an awful lot, at the beginning about sales dropping. Mm. Um, I um, I was already running an Etsy shop for Sophia, my hat friend. Uh, Peak and brim hat designer hats is on Etsy and. I run that, Um, but I took on some more Etsy shops for other clients, and uh, I also took on a website for a lovely girl, Mina of the Village Caker in Surrey, who I'd met as an entrepreneur's course at the local college the year before. So I'm building her website, doing the Etsy shops, so there's that as well. Um, So none of my days are ever the same. So you have got to be organized that is my first bit of advice you've Mm. really got to train yourself to be fully efficient running a business even if you just do the one creative thing it is not just about being creative Mm. there is a lot of business admin there's marketing all sorts of other stuff you've got to fit your daily family life in as well You've got to be able to schedule things, know when you're meant to be doing them. You've got to make yourself do them on time. So I keep a close record of what I need to do, when I need to do it, and whether I have done it or not, because um, you do forget whether you've done something or not. And I have a dedicated reliance on Google Calendar and on Trello. And myself, uh, I have learned to be very, very agile at fitting things in at a moment's notice uh, and changing things. Now, for me, um, Google Calendar and Trello are both online um, uh, assistants. So it's very, very easy for me, wherever I am, to change something and just move things around. Mm. But I know Some people don't like the online ones, and that's fine. If you want to do it on paper, have a book, a diary, however you do it, that will work. I can't bear that because I don't like crossing (laughs) things out and moving to other days. But uh, do it in whichever way works for you. Uh, What I also do is I block periods of time off during the day for different tasks. Mm. Um, They might have to get moved around suddenly, but that does help. Uh, and I block whole days off as well. Um, so I have a set period of time when I do admin. I, every morning I have a set time where I go through all the different Etsy shops all the different websites, just checking on them, responding to things. Um, So all the Etsy shops I run always get lovely reviews about what good customer service and so on they have, which is important. Um, And, yeah, I I do IT training on certain days, but not on others because those are days set aside for painting. Um, You do need to do that, uh, and you do have to keep on top of it. All the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, those are my suggestions. Get to know other creative people and get yourself organized.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really important to find the the sort of routine that works for you. Yeah. Uh, and and the the tools that work for you because I'm the same. I use I love Trello and Google Calendar, but I do have a. A paper diary which is my day-to-day to-do list because I love having I love writing it and I love highlighting oh, stuff right. <laughs> I love cr- I love ticking it off and crossing it off um, uh, well the and, tick, tick boxes on Trello enough for me and
1: <laughs> I, I I set myself a checklist with a due date mm. so that uh, when you tick everything off it goes green which is so exciting <laughs> and then you, then you can archive it and I love mm. those things but yeah, uh, ticking things off and maybe even tearing out the page—that that is equally satisfying. Oh yeah, tearing um, out
0: the
1: page—that's
0: that's nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and and having like, do you do you have work hours?
1: I don't because mm-hmm. every day, every week is different. Roughly speaking, I get up at half past six and I start work at about half past seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have a wonderfully uh, relaxing morning of mm-hmm. yoga and reading <laughs> and so on, and I can never really manage that. Uh, I <laughs> I don't have children, so mm. I don't have to get them ready for work, but I do have a husband who has to be got ready for work. And um, once I'm awake, I have to get going. Um, mm. So I work early because that's my better time of day. Um and then I roughly speaking I'll put a morning aside for admin jobs and computer work and the afternoon and the evening as well, quite often, uh, for painting, because that is still my relaxation, even though we were saying earlier that sometimes when you turn it into a business mm. it, it becomes less so. But I have a studio at the bottom of the garden. And so I can walk away from everything, go Mm. into it, and I can feel quiet falling around me. And that is one reason actually that I work in the evening because um, I'm in a semi-detached house in um, a residential street with one behind. And during the day, and it doesn't matter what time of year it is or what the time is, there is always someone with a lawnmower or power shears (laughs) or... Uh, and just noise it's incredible it's got worse since lockdown Mm. um and during the day it's more or less impossible to open the windows and just have peace and quiet and i do need that so that's why quite often i'll relax uh, relax do a bit of relaxation during the day and go down to the studio in the evening because Mm. then it is peaceful which i love That's
0: really interesting that's really like not knowing that you need that specific experience and, and surroundings to, to do your best work
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and, and just kind of working when that, that happens. I, I like that. Yeah. That's good. Um, so do you feel like at this point in time you have kind of a, a good balance in your life between the different types of work you do and the, the non-work time you have and, and all those sorts of things?
1: I think so i I know I work more than strictly speaking I should do because um, I do a lot of hours during the week and I do um, work at the weekends as well um, but generally I take the weekends off um, but i I enjoy it um, mm. the work I might do at the weekend or in the evening is the work that I enjoy and that I feel still that it's more like a hobby. Mm don't feel pressured to work at the weekend um but I suppose strictly speaking I shouldn't um but I feel generally it's balanced quite well more leisure time would be useful but I fit in where I want to during the Mm. summer I would take a day every week um to go walking with my mother who is 80 but we do walks of I think our longest was oh what was it it was Twenty-two thousand steps. So yeah. that's I think it worked out about ten miles or something mm. like that. Um, and she's a huge walker, shot far fitter than I am. Plays tennis <laughs> every week. And,
0: Sounds like my uh, father-in-law. They probably know each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're in a similar area. Travelled
1: to Australia.
0: <laughs> no, no, he's so, no. he's in uh, he's in Southampton. Oh yes, of course, Nick. Yeah. Nick,
1: is, Nick is Scottish, isn't
0: he? he he's half Scottish, half. English, well, half Scottish, half English, a quarter of Italian on the oh, English side. Oh goodness me! So, yeah, <laughs> his mum's um, Scottish and his dad's from Southampton. So yeah.
1: Ah, oh, right. Yeah, right.
0: And that's where they live now.
1: Oh. Ah, yeah, I don't know Southampton very well. It's not too far away from me. No, but it's really.
0: English distances are very different to Australian distances.
1: Yes, so. <laughs> yes and we we throw up our hands in horror over something that you probably walk. <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember what su- it's such a big thing to go to London you know and it's like an hour and a half from Southampton whereas I would yeah. just Bri- Brisbane the capital here is an hour and a half from me and I would literally just go there for the day <laughs> you know like it's like oh, no. nothing it's, yeah it's so funny so uh, I went to London
1: world. last week said, and uh, <laughs> it's an hour or no actually it's 40 minutes away for me mm-hmm. uh, but it's I might say it's better this way because for me it was such a treat it was exciting and it involved <laughs> planning and i look forward to it you know it's not just something you just get on the bus and go <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, so funny so um before we finish up i just want uh two more questions one is what do you feel like has been the best uh i guess marketing avenue or marketing move that you've made what, what do you feel like has been the, the thing that's gotten the most people your work in front of the most people
1: yeah uh i'm not good at marketing at all um i'm not good at promoting myself and pushing myself forward i actively dislike social media mm-hmm. i've done courses in Facebook ads and Instagram and Pinterest and so, on. so I know a lot about how to do it but I'm never able to do it so for me and for anyone else who's in my position the best marketing move that I've ever done and that you can do is learn SEO search mm. engine optimization and learn it really well I love SEO I find it fascinating I'm an IT person anyway mm. but that's Don't think of it as being IT. It's actually all about words and appealing to the customer, the person at the other end of the line. It's all about putting yourself in their mind. How would that 70-year-old lady trying to find something on this strange thing called the internet, and she wants a (laughs) present for her granddaughter, what would she be thinking about? How would she phrase it? Um, how would the busy mum who's only got five minutes for the children come out of school to find something what would she be typing in Uh, that that's how you need to think of it I find it fascinating because it's all about putting yourself in the mind of other people Mm. Um, and when you get it right it works better than any marketing and it's an awful lot cheaper um yeah so that is my advice um Mm. I Etsy is always changing their SEO, but that keeps you on the ball. There is always something new to learn. And at the moment, uh, I am doing marketing in that I have hired a company that my hat friend uses actually um, to do Google ads for me because I've noticed over the years I don't get customers coming from social media at all. I don't do much on social media, mm. but uh, I do a bit. Uh, and I, I've i tracked customers down to some extent, looked them up on Facebook, Instagram and so on. Just about none of them have Instagram accounts. Um, there are a few with Facebook accounts, but they haven't been used since 2014. <laughs> so my customers are not social media people generally they Mm. find me through google through my seo so that's why i'm trying google ads to see if that helps Mm -hmm. um but i've got someone else to do it for me because i want to learn from them Mm. and then maybe in the future i'll be able to pick it up and follow it on
0: well report back in the thriver circle about that because i would love to know what happens (laughs) That would be very interesting to hear i might about. say they're
1: not doing terribly well at the moment mm. but i'm not finding this year post-covid is a good year no uh, la- last year was very very good for me it was my best year ever but this year is a bit of a disaster so far mm. um, but uh, we will see it's Still, well, it seems to be early for Christmas at the mm. moment, um, but maybe, maybe Etsy is starting <clears throat> off with Christmas orders, but mm. uh, the website certainly isn't.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important, I think, for anybody listening who has only started in the last year or two that uh, it's not normal times and the normal sort of mm. ebbs and flows of sales have definitely been disrupted um, yes. during this time. And we we yeah. don't really know what impact that's going to have long term. Uh, on things so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how sales change over the coming Ooh. few years
1: and I was talking earlier about keeping yourself organised mm. um, and one tip that I would do is something I've done from the beginning um, I am someone who loves spreadsheets, um, Excel spreadsheets work well for me but you can do it on paper every year, well every day actually I keep a record of what's sold. when I have a wonderful spreadsheet that Records how many views I got on Etsy that month and on the website that month, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, my mm-hmm. Amazon, how much I sold, and how much I took in revenue. And I've done that every month for years. So in a year like this, I'm finding it quite comforting actually <laughs> to go back and compare what I'm getting with other years because on first sight it's terribly depressing comparing myself with what i got last year but last year was the one that wasn't normal Mm. this year is not normal compared with last year and it's not normal compared with a few years before that but actually if i go back nearer to the beginning i'm taking more than i did in the same month back then so I can feel that it's not quite such a disaster and not feel quite <laughs> as bad as you know I, i'm trying to do <laughs>
0: yeah i think that long-term data is really helpful i know yeah. i've been we've been using zero accounting software since i think 2015 2014 so we've got <laughs> all the, you know we've got years and years of yeah. data and you know all of our different shops are broken down different income streams are broken down and, and so on and so forth so you can easily kind of go back and compare year on yeah. year which i think and is just- really useful
1: it does feel like an awful lot of work at the time, and mm. oh, why bother? But it's so good for comparison, and it, it's so good for when you are setting targets for yourself and mm. planning on what to do in the future. You need to have that data, and you cannot rely on Etsy data, which is never fully accurate. Mm. Um, and even Google Analytics. Um, well, there is the problem of trying to understand Google Analytics, which <laughs> I haven't worked out. Um, but yeah, it's so much handier to have your own personal mm. analytics that are not going to go away and are not going to change with some other companies and algorithms mm.
0: yeah very so. very good point thank you for that one Claire it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on I the show so today I so enjoyed
1: it thanks <laughs> ever so much and thank you very much for the invitation
0: and uh I obviously will you know keep in touch and see what you're up to and let me know how the the google adwords go and uh, if people want to find out more about you and your work where should they go
1: right well uh, the company is ornately lanterns um, and that's all one word uh, on etsy and on google so the website is www.ornatelylanterns.com and the etsy shop is ornately lanterns all one word um, and they are the main places to find me. I'm on Facebook where I do post a bit. I'm on Instagram where I do post a bit, but I'm not particularly good at doing it. <laughs> um, I have a YouTube channel that I started last year in lockdown and really went for, and then post-lockdown, I have no time for it, but it's there and at some point. And that is, again, Ornately Lanterns. Um those are the main places. Oh, and Pinterest. I have a Pinterest board and did a Pinterest course earlier this year. So had a really good go at going at it, <laughs> which is rather tailed off. But uh, yeah, those are the main places.
0: I think this is a great chat to prove to people the old age. you know, you don't need to do all the things.
1: You yes, just need to yes, find those I few them things. All up. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I think I think we all. I mean, I have too. Yeah, but there's, it's it's always it always tends to come back to the eighty twenty rule. Like you know, twenty yes. percent uh, of the work produces eighty percent of the results, and you just need to That's find out right. what that small that small yes. thing is that works for you and go all in on it.
1: Yes, I I would say though, um, while you don't need to do everything you do need to go onto them all and take your company name uh, and claim it for yourself. But then you, there is absolutely no need to post whatsoever. (laughs) I I have a Twitter account, which I think I last posted on two years ago, Um, (laughs) but you know, I, I've got the name on there. Uh, That's the important thing.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Claire.
1: I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much indeed, Jess. Look forward to hearing it. (laughs)
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode uh can you hear the crows in the background (laughs) they're having a good old chat amongst themselves i actually had to shut everything because the cicadas are so loud at the moment it is the middle of summer here and it's been a super wet summer so the animals and the plants are just going great guns out there Remember, if you haven't already, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash start here, tap on my email update list and you'll know when set up shop launches and of course you'll get access to those freebies I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And uh, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. I've got some great interviews just like this one coming up in the next few months. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I would absolutely love if you would take a moment to give me a five-star rating and review if you enjoyed the show. I'm very happy that Spotify have released rating the rating system over there. If you didn't know about that, it has they have done it. So. I would love to uh, get a few more five-star ratings for the show to encourage more makers to have a listen and hopefully learn from what I share here with you. I'll be back again soon with another episode. If you want a weekly dose of me, of course, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube over at youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den, where I talk about all things handmade business and uh, having a happy and healthy work from home lifestyle. I'll be back again with another episode soon. Bye for now.